Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Roundtable Sports Podcast. I am your host, John Newman, and I am flying solo today. Don't have anybody with me, but we are going to break down what happened at UFC 259 this past Saturday, and we're going to look ahead at some of the potential matchups that are going to come out of this weekend. Um, But let's get started with the main event. John Blockowitz taken on Israel Adesanya. Uh, John stood toe-to-toe for three rounds in this fight uh, without really hinting at the takedown uh, too much uh, before matting him in the final two rounds and and, and getting the job done. But like I said, he stood toe-to-toe there. He was able to outstrike Israel Adesanya. The style bender, uh, of course, came in there Everybody knows the kickboxing, the stand-up game, and and all of the strong suits of of Stylebender. You know, he said he dared to be great trying to step up, and I do agree with that. I I think uh, it was a good time for him to try to step up and and, and get that uh, second belt in the light heavyweight division. Um, But this further solidifies uh, legendary Polish power that Jan Blachowicz uh, says he possesses, uh, and I say uh, most of the MMA world thinks that he possesses that legendary Polish power. Um, there were a couple of uh, scorecards that were a little odd looking, 49-45 and 48-46. I thought the commentary was definitely biased towards Israel Adesanya, but uh, nonetheless, the judges got it right in the en- at the end of the day. The right man won the fight. Uh, Jan Blachowicz uh, outlanded uh, Israel Adesanya 184 strikes to 90, uh, 99, I think, or somewhere around there. Um, 107 of those 184 strikes were significant, so he was throwing a lot of the power shots. He had an output advantage as well, so there was just basically nothing that you could tell me that that would, would point to Israel Adesanya deserving the win. Um I thought Israel Adesanya had some weird comments after the fight. Took a shot at Paulo Costa saying, I didn't drink wine the night before, but I did do white. Like, is that a shot at John Jones or are you promoting, like, what are you promoting there? That's kind of, that's kind of weird. I don't know why he would say it. I think he was messing around trying to, you know, say, oh, but you guys would root for John even though he does it. Whatever. Who cares? Uh, who, who's living rent free and who's head now? Um, and not to disrespect him or anything, I, I, I obviously said, you know, he, he tried for greatness and, and it was a good time for him to do that, but, uh, I'm not going to knock him for losing. He lost to one of the best in the world, uh, the best light heavyweight in the world right now, the best 205 pound fighter in the world. There ain't no other promotion that's putting a better 205 pounder out there that I have seen yet. Now, if there's suggestions, hit me on Twitter at Talk More Sports with those. But uh, yeah, what's next for the light heavyweight division? Looks like Glover Teixeira, who was a fill-in, uh, potential fill-in if anything went wrong this past weekend, is going to get the next sh- crack there at uh, John Blockowitz. Um, Alexander Rakic had a good victory versus Thiago Santos this past weekend. Um if he were, he's been asking for a title shot. I doubt he gets it. I, I see him going up against a guy like Magomed Ankalaev. Uh, then, then maybe, then he's in talks for the title. Definitely, we got uh, 
Jairi uh, Prochaka. I don't know exactly how to say his name. I I'll, I have until May 1st to get that down. He's fighting Dominic Reyes um, on May 1st. Jiri Prochaka. Um, so that's kind of the light heavyweight division. Middleweight division, you've got Holland versus Brunson coming up March 20th, and then Till versus Vittoria a couple weeks later in April, in early April there. So uh, those are four potential names to watch uh, for Adesanya to fight next in, in the 185-pound division. Um, and then, like I said, looks like it's going to be Glover Teixeira uh, who gets the next crack at Blockowitz there at 205. Uh, moving on, the UFC women's featherweight belt was on the line, uh, a division that does not have a full roster of women. It does not have... Um, yeah, like I said, it doesn't have a full roster. They um, put in Megan Anderson, uh, who has an incredible size advantage versus versus Amanda Nunez. But as soon as she got hit by Amanda Nunez, it was just like Amanda versus everybody else, the same way it, that it's always been. When Nunez hits you in the face, there's just about nothing you can do. Um, she had her backpedaling and... And this was the last fight on Megan Anderson's contract. So um, it, it's tough to tell what's going to be next for Megan Anderson. She came out with the KC jersey on with the Kansas City Monarchs uh, Negro Leagues baseball team uh, jersey on. I thought that was pretty cool because considering she's training in, in Kansas City uh, at Glory MMA and Fitness, uh, I, I was rooting for her. But also, you know, I understand the greatness and, and how special it is, the story of, of Amanda and Nina and, and, their, and their new baby uh, uh, and all the promotion and all the press work that, that they've done uh, about, about Amanda's motherhood and, and just how this sport has, has, you know, given her an avenue to be the most open and most free she possibly can uh, now, moving, looking forward, you know, there's only one other bout scheduled in the women's featherweight, and that's Felicia Spencer versus Danielle Wolf, who is uh, a professional fighter. Who, who This will be just her second pro fight. She'll be taking on Felicia Spencer, a woman that's already tried Amanda Nunez and failed to take the belt off of her. Uh, we have been hearing uh, Juliana Pena's name around a lot because... Uh, Holly Holm had to pull out of a scheduled bout there between uh, the both of them. And, uh, yeah, I think Pena is probably the next move back down to bantamweight for Amanda uh, and, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, we will see how that happens. I will be watching pretty much every time she's on. It doesn't matter. Uh, the pay-per-view is bought. Um, moving on to what was... On the night, the first of our three title fights, the bantamweight belt between Aljamain Sterling and Peter Jan. Um, champion Peter Jan was in there looking like a complete mauler. He is just so fascinating the way that he takes guys to the ground with the Soto Gari style takedowns, the the trips, the the you go from you know fully standing pressuring forward to you know being flat backed or having your back taken it, it it's tough it's a tough tough style to defeat especially 
whenever he has, you know, what appears to be such a strength advantage over all of his opponents. Um, but he made one of the biggest mistakes in the heat of the moment I have ever seen a professional fighter make uh, with with the knee to the head uh, while Aljamain was down. Aljo, uh, you know, there's no arguing that he took that thing. That that was blunt force trauma to the head. He has every right to to not yeah to not stand up and and, and go. Uh, uh, you know, you have no clue how bad that probably hurt. He wasn't even expecting it, given that he was on the ground, and then to be just hit right right across the top of the head with with a knee. Um, no arguments for me, except for I I don't know why Petrion. Uh, held his hand up for so long, acting like he was he was victorious or 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 something like that. I I don't know. Maybe it was his way of saying I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, no, it, it didn't look like that to me. Uh, Corey Sandhagen and T.J. Dillashaw are in talks to be fighting. So while they sort out the rematch between Jan and and Aljamain, um, you'll have a potential number one contenders match there. And, and number two, Corey Sandhagen, uh, taking on the returning TJ Dillashaw. Also of note, you know, you've got Rob Font in number three and, and Cody Garbrandt in number four. So, uh, and, and Garbrandt is coming off of a, a knockout of the night uh, against uh, Rafaela Sunsau. So, there's some interesting matchups to be made there in the bantamweight division. Uh, staying in the bantamweight division, former WEC champion and, and two-time UFC champion Dominic Cruz was able to get the job done versus Casey Kenny. Um, some people saw it going the other way. Uh, he did uh, out, he, he outstruck and, and was able to land two takedowns. He, outst- he, he landed more strikes, got two takedowns, uh, kind of a weird call out by Dominic Cruz at the end of that fight. And when, and a little pop-up box where he, uh, was talking at the Apex Center afterwards, uh, saying that uh, there's some guy who's running ads for Monster Energy who's stealing a bunch of clout from fighters and, and like uh, kind of damaging damaging kind of the, the relations between the, the fighters and the brand that uh, sponsors them. Um, so yeah, let's let's get back to the main card though. I just wanted to you know quickly gloss over that that stuff there. Uh, but anyway, shout out to Dominic Cruz. He is now, I believe, 23-3 and as a professional. So uh, he has a great record. He's just lost to some of the killers of the division uh, there in the bantamweight division. Um, but back to the main card, Islam Makhachev uh, taking on Drew Dober was able to just put on the pace, put on the pressure. He landed 102 out of 119 uh, strikes that he threw. Um, just all of these guys that are Abdul Manap uh, and, and Khabib disciples like Islam Makhachev, uh, they just show off their amazing strength and, and their pressure. And he was able to get the one-armed triangle. Uh, just how much pressure does it does it take to make a man tap, especially a professional fighter like Drew Dober? But to be able to do it with one arm, uh, that's just crazy to me that that he possesses that much strength, especially at 155 pounds. What's next for him? 
I've seen a lot of people calling uh, for a potential matchup against Kevin Lee. I think that would be outstanding. Um, yeah. For Drew Dober, what's next? I don't know. Leave it up to Sean Shelby and the matchmakers, really. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not thinking too deep about that just yet. Um, and then the first fight that kicked off our main card, Alexander Rakic took on Thiago Santos. Um, and this was the one that, that I made some money on here because uh, I had Tim Elliott, Islam Makhachev, and Alexander Rakic. Well, I, yeah, I needed Makhachev right after. But uh, I, I made a little bit of money off of, off of the event. Um, you know, Rakic was outstruck by Santos but managed to control the, the, the cage. Uh, a lot more and, and got the unanimous decision victory out of it. Uh, I think a decent matchup there for Alexander Rakic would be uh, Magomed Ankalov. I think I might have said that earlier, but yeah. Anyways, <laughs> let's let's keep going uh, since we just blew right past the main card. Uh, let's get into the prelims. Uh, Kyler Phillips was super impressive to me. I faded him versus Song Yadong, but he was stopping Yadong fresh in his tracks. Uh, landed three takedowns and, and maintained much of the grappling advantage too. So uh, yeah, Kyler Phillips, job well done. Job well done. Askar Askarov taking on Joseph Benavidez. It was pretty one-sided. Askar missed weight, but but performed to his expectations at 125 pounds. He will need to be more disciplined if he wants to stay at flyweight, if he ever wants to compete for that flyweight championship. He's just simply going to have to get the weight uh, off and, and be able to keep the weight off. Um, yeah, moving on, fight of the night, uh, performance of the night it is, uh, Kai Car France, uh, out of city kickboxing, taking on Rogerio, uh, Bon Turin. Um, flyweight matchup that lived up to, uh, the expectations of, 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 uh, what, of city kickboxing and, and their coaches and trainers and, uh, the nickname that is Don't Blink. Uh, I know that's so corny to say Don't Blink is the nickname, but he did walk off. He kind of dumped him on his head with the right. And uh, I, I will say this, though. Rogerio Bonturnin, for, for you know, where he's at in this game, he had he had Kai Car France in a lot of bad positions at certain points out there. Uh, prior to that, early prelims, we had Tim Elliott and Jordan Espinosa. I wanted Tim to finish that fight there in the third round. Um, I I know people probably saw the uh, the bit of the bit of uh, trash talk that went on there. I won't get into the details of it too much. It just had something to do with Tim Elliott uh, being accusatory about some circum some past circumstances in Jordan Espinosa's life. Uh, anyways. He dominated Espinosa, scored four takedowns, and way to go, glory, MMA, and fitness here from my hometown in Kansas City. And now there's just a few fights left that I really had any talking points on. Uh, Kennedy, African Savage, Dichikuwu, took on Carlos Olberg. I probably butchered African Savage's name, but uh, his nickname, he lived up to that nickname big time. He was able to eat tons of power shots from Olberg in that first round. He started firing back right at the end of the first round, came out with the same intensity in the second round, and was able to score himself a knockout and uh, score both fighters the fight of the night bonus. Um, 
it was really the perfect fight for me to walk in and, and sit down and, and finally get situated with uh, where I was watching the fights and everything at. Um, other than that, Sean Brady subbed uh, Jake Matthews. I was I was uh, playing Sean Brady for the decision win there, but uh, anyways, the bet fell through. Got us to the main card faster, so uh, what gives? I, I still had a decent night betting-wise. I already mentioned that parlay that I hit earlier. Uh, Amanda Lemos knocked out Lavina Sosa. Didn't get to see that. Euros Medic took on Elon Cruz in a performance of the night where he uh, outstruck him 45-0. to 0. Uh, It's always uh, interesting to see a professional fight uh, where, where one person doesn't even land a single strike. There was... Uh, I think Megan didn't land a single strike on Amanda either. Um, and then Trevin Jones KO'd Mario Bautista. Uh, Bautista, I was believing in that uh, mullet power a little bit going in. Uh, that, that's what I was thinking. Um, anyways, Bilal versus uh, Rocky Edwards is on for this coming Saturday. Uh, Kamzat Shemaev, uh, situation with him and his health. Uh, I'm just hoping the best for Kamzad. I'm hoping he's getting some rest and relaxation. Uh, although I know how hard those guys grind, uh, Dana is absolutely right when he says that you, you kind of do have to listen to the doctors when it comes to this sort of ailment. Uh, don't want it to turn into, you know, lifelong issues or, or issues where he's battling, uh, this in, in, in his cardio and, and, and all of that. Um, yeah, and, and also, uh, I don't think anything came out of it, but Dana and Khabib had uh, dinner this past weekend. That's, that was the big talk of the town, uh, was, was that uh, they were going to sit down with Khabib and, and uh, see if we could figure something out between uh, a comeback fight or, or not. And, and right now, I don't know if there's any, any fighters worth a comeback for, for Khabib, so... Uh, Anyways, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Roundtable Sports Podcast. I am John Newman at Talk More Sports on Twitter. Um, make sure to hit the follow button, the subscribe button. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many, many more. Thank you all.